0: Well, good morning, Porch community. It's good to see you. Okay, good. good, Glad you're here. Hey, my name is Shannon, and I have the great privilege of being the lead pastor here at the church. So if you're a first-timer, welcome. We're super glad that you're here. You chose to be here in worship today. Um, And I just want to repeat something that Tinley said in the announcements is that we have... A new location, which you wouldn't know if you're a first timer, so hey, we have a location for you to go after the service in the lobby, we've got a desk, and it says surprisingly first timers on it, so you shouldn't be able to miss it. Um, but we'd love for you to go there after the service. We have one of our serve team people that will be there to say hi to you and give you a gift and just for us to say hello and 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 welcome you here. So I'm glad that that uh, that you're here. Um, we are in the second week of our series called I Heart. Talking about the things that we love, and we're not just talking about, you know, anything that we love. We're looking at Scripture, and we're seeing things that we saw God or Jesus, um, you know, setting up as important, as important that things to love. And last week, we talked about loving the community, and the big idea for last week was that we should, as followers of Jesus, leverage our uh, influence in the community for Jesus Christ and I hope that some of you thought about that this week I hope that you considered that I hope that you did that that you leveraged that uh, you know where you already are you know one of the things I said last week was hey I'm not asking you to come up with you know 10 more hours of your life to, to, to share Jesus just to be really intentional about where you already are And to leverage that for Jesus And so I hope that you're doing that and, and that that kind of stuck with you um, What I want to talk about today is something that um, It might not resonate especially with you But I want us to talk about loving the church About loving the church And um, as soon as I say that I think a lot of us have different Uh, definitions or understandings of of what I mean by that there's a couple of of things I want to set before us before we jump into the message and a couple of truths actually Um, because some people even some Christians might think otherwise but here's the truth Jesus loved the church Jesus loved the church. Jesus established the church. Like the church was not something that that people kind of came up with on their own after Jesus left and and the disciples and everyone went out and started sharing the word of of Christ and churches were being established. It wasn't something that just happened. Like Jesus set this in motion. And we find in Matthew 16 where Jesus is having a conversation with one of his disciples, Peter. And it was one of those instances where Jesus does a little name change with, with him. And he tells him that, that, he's, that he's going to be known as the rock, the, the one that's going to help found these churches. And he says in verse 18 of Matthew 16, Jesus talking, he says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I mean, that's a powerful statement that Jesus is making, that I am establishing my church here on earth. I'm going, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, I'm establishing the church here, Peter. I, I need you, Peter. You're going to help this. You're going you're to lead this, but the church is going to be here, it's, and it's going to be a powerful force. It's going to be a powerful force, a powerful uh, reality here on earth. And, and even, even hell cannot conquer it. I mean, that's... It, so it is, it, is, it is an entity. It's real. It's alive. And, and we are part of this today. Now, all the way into 2020, we are part of that statement that Jesus made back in Matthew. I mean, isn't that, isn't that crazy? Sometimes when you think about how Jesus spoke and the things he said, that we are living into the reality of that today. If you really st- sit and, and ponder that for a minute, that just kind of makes you go, oh my goodness, like, I am living into this, into what was written, into what Jesus actually spoke. I mean, that, it just, it, it's crazy. Um, so I would say with that is to say that the church then is not, it's not just a, a suggestion for us to consider, and I know that I'm up here and I'm a lead pastor and I've been in ministry for a long time and you think, of course you're going to say these things, Shannon. Like, your job depends on it. You know, making sure everyone thinks the church is really important. But, but I truly believe this. I believe this if, 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 if I was still doing my first career, right? This is my second career. I would, I would say that. I, I believe that the church is important. It's the living embodiment of Jesus on this earth. And so I know that today, I look out here, and, and, and some of you might be here today going, man, loving the church, you, you don't understand, Shannon. The reason I'm here today is, be, like, I'm just now coming back because I've been away, and it's really hard, you know, or, or I don't even know if I want to be here. Like, I, I, I get it. I understand that. I'm going to ask you to do something today um, as we talk about loving the church Because what I found in 21 years of ministry is I've heard a lot of reasons why people don't love the church. I've heard a lot of reasons why people don't like the church. I've heard a lot of reasons why people hate the church. And again, when I say that term church, it could mean several different things. Um, What I want us to do together this morning is I want to share with you what I think are like our seven... Of the the things I've heard about why people don't like the church, and then I want to offer like the flip side and share with you why I love the church, why I think we should love the church, and in some instances I'll tell you why I love this particular church, which I am most certainly a paid spokesperson for that, and uh, yeah, I'll just admit that. But see, folks, the church, and I, what I love about the church is that it, it's not just a suggestion. It, this is the body of Christ, and, and it exists. This is one of the few organizations, if the only one, that exists for those who are not yet a part of it. Like our whole existence is, I mean, the reason that the church is here are for those who have yet to be part of it, and it's also in existence to train up the people who are part of it so that you, in turn, will go and live that out so that people will want to know Jesus, and then they will be... Part of the body of Christ and connected to it and grow in their faith. I mean, it's this—it's a this cyclical thing that we're a part of, and it's—it's it's really important. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Why isn't it perfect? Because people are in it. I mean, and it's true. I mean, this is not perfect. This will never be perfect. The church should never be perfect. This church should never be perfect because people are in it. So here, I want us to—I want to share these. Uh, seven reasons with you this morning um, about pe- reasons people don't like the church and, and why I love it. The first one is this uh, number one, church isn't relevant to the rest of my week. Church isn't relevant to the rest of my week. I go for an hour, hour and a half, depending on how long the sermon is, and, 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 um, and and then I just go live my life. There's no connection between what's going on and then the rest of the week. It's just not relevant. I get that. I understand that. It doesn't apply. People say, "Oh, it's just a bunch of old stories." Doesn't mean anything to me today. And and you'll you'll get an argument from me. I think that, that that's a reality for a lot of the experiences that some people have in church. Going to church, being in worship worshiping alongside other people I'll say this it should not feel like you stepped into a time machine and went back 100 years Um, being in church should not feel like you got in a time machine and went back 50 years it shouldn't feel like you went back even 10 years the church should be a reflection of the people that in that time and in that in that uh, you know era but hear me on this please because I don't want you to mishear this part the message is timeless like, The message of Jesus Christ Is absolutely timeless The, the reality that, that we were separated from God And we needed a savior We needed someone to come and stand in our place And take on our sin And, and offer us new life And offer us redemption That reality is there It is a timeless message It will never change you can. You can it's, nothing will change that That is, that is the, the point of it all but the way in which you tell that can change. The methods can change, but the message remains the same. And so how we communicate it, can it, we need to consider the, who we're sharing it with. Let me just ask this question, and this will reveal uh, some of our ages a little bit. But who, who remembers, uh, who has ever watched a reel-to-reel projector at school. Like you watch something on the... Okay, so it's okay. I, I'm there too. I, I did it. Okay, it's all right. We had a lot more hands at the 930 service, I'll tell you that. But I'm telling you, if you're like 45 or older, like you know this. There is, there is something... There, there's probably nothing on this earth that can put you to sleep faster than a cafeteria lunch, some dimmed fluorescent lights... And this lovely sound right here. Are you ready? Yeah. It's like you walk into fourth period and you're like, oh, I'm getting a nap today. Like you can already, like the drool's already starting to form and like come out of the side of your mouth and get on your arm, you know? Oh, yeah, it's a lovely, lovely sound. Some of you are going, what is that? That's a real to real projector, kids. And it is what we used to watch to learn about photosynthesis and our changing bodies. <laughs> and that information is important, it really is. But here's the deal, you know, teachers today have smart boards and we've got handheld devices and streaming services. And so even though the information on the reel-to-reel is good, and accurate and true. I can't do anything with that reel of film. I don't have a way in which to get it. And I think about this in regard to the church... And folks, there are people, there are churches out there who are rolling out like the reel-to-reel and they're wondering, like uh, in, 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 in the life of the church and in, in how they're ministering to people and how they're presenting the word of God, the timeless message of Jesus, right? But they're presenting it like on the reel-to-reel and they're wondering like why is no one getting this? Why are young families not here? Why are kids not here? Why are students not here? Why are people not getting it? It's because they're they're rolling out the reel-to-reel projector, and, and we just that's not the way in which we're receiving the message anymore. And I love the church. I love innovative churches. I love creative churches. I, I follow a lot of them. Justin does. A lot of us on staff do. We love innovation and to see what churches are doing in a way to share the timeless message of Jesus Christ. And I love the church because it is important to us to share that timeless message of Jesus with people in a way that they can receive it. That will always be important. So I get it when people say I don't love the church. But as the church, let's make sure we share that timeless message in a way people get it. Another reason people say that they don't like the church, and and this is a very real one, and I know it, it, it. They say this, I have been hurt by the church. I have been hurt by the church. And I've already kind of alluded to this, but when we say church, sometimes we mean a pastor. We might mean a Sunday school teacher, a, a, the youth director, or the student pastor, you know. It might mean a, a group of people when we say the church. It might mean the actual, the whole congregation. It might mean God. I've been hurt by the church. And I can talk about this one really the rest of the time that we're here together, but there's a few other reasons I want to get to. But I want to say this before we move on. For those that that have been hurt by the church, and by the way, I know that as I'm talking about some of these things this morning, you might be thinking of someone who you're going, golly, I really wish they would hear this. Like you know people that are disconnected for whatever reason. Listen, this is live streaming now. It'll be on our YouTube channel a little bit later. We boxcast, it'll be a website. You can share this later, okay? But I want to say for those who have been hurt by the church, whatever that means when I say the word church, I'm sorry. On behalf of pastors, on behalf of churches, on behalf of Christians, on behalf of entire denominations, on behalf of, of student pastors, of Sunday school groups, of of. Of myself, if it's true of me I'm sorry and I'm glad that in spite of that hurt that you're here today or you're listening to this or watching this online in spite of the hurt that you're still leaning in because I, there's hope there I hope you know can I ask you to do something too if you've been one of these people that's been hurt would you please forgive that offense would you would you release it would you would you please allow the forgiveness of jesus christ which you so desperately need as do i and we receive right we're thankful for that forgiveness from jesus would you allow that forgiveness to also flow outward from you towards those who have caused you hurt. Would you just release that and let it go today? And 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 I would say this quit holding that. In some ways we hold that over God's head like like God I'm never going to You know, whatever, you know, we fill in the blank there because I was hurt, or I'm never gonna do this because I was hurt. And we hold it over God, we hold it over the church, we hold it over a person's head. Would you let that go today? Because what I have learned in my life is that unforgiveness gets us nowhere. Nowhere. And so I'm sorry for the hurt, but would you let it go and offer forgiveness? even if they haven't asked for forgiveness. Because see, that's not not up to us. It's up to us to forgive. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 says this, and this was Paul writing to the church. And he was writing to them and, and trying to build the church up and help the church be healthy and everything. And he says, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted, And then he says the point that I just made. He says, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Just as you have been forgiven, forgive others. Forgive others. Don't hold it in. Forgive. Release. And I love the church. I love this church because... We will be a place where we will seek forgiveness when when we have hurt others. And, and we will be a place that will offer forgiveness to those who have hurt us. Folks, we've got to do this or we can't function because we're not perfect. If we can't be a place that forgives and if we can't be a place that seeks forgiveness, then we're in trouble. Let's, let's embody this truth as the church as the body of Christ, let's do that. So, you know, people say, I don't like the church, you know, because it's not relevant. They say, I don't like the church because I've been heard by the church. Another reason people say they don't like the church is because of the music. <sighs> that rock and roll. Did you know that there are more genres of music than there are books of the Bible? There are six, 66 books of the Bible. Extensive research called Google told me in about 0.3 seconds that there are 1,264 micro-genres of music. So I don't know, that's like hillbilly electronica. <laughs> Hill, I'm thinking hillbilly electronica um nature sounds I don't know I'm trying to come up with something random so if we could hear a little bit of that next week Justin that'd be great Um, but history tells us something just people age 70 and under 70 and under have grown up listening to tapping their toe to driving their car to in the house listening to dancing in the gymnasium to guitar driven drum centric do you like that word? Guitar-driven, drum-centric, electronically-enhanced music their whole lives. This is what we've grown up with, right? And so it's really funny to me when people want to say, well, that's not really worship. That's not really church, that rock and roll, you know? I don't know why I'm doing my voice that way. I don't... And this kind of goes back to the whole relevancy thing, I would just say about that. I mean, listen... We should just take into consideration in how we provide worship, how we lead worship, how we say, hey, let's come together and let's lift our voices together. Could we do a cappella every week? Sure, we could. Could, could we find some banjo players? Sure, I like a good banjo, yeah. Justin's like, no. It doesn't matter. The instrumentation, it doesn't matter. This is what we happen to do, and I think they do it pretty darn good. So... And I would add that anything that we think, well, you know, well, that's not really worship. A hundred years ago, they said that's not really worship. And a hundred years before that, they said what they were doing was not worship. And on and on and on. It's just music. And, you know, Jesus and his disciples and the apostles and all the first century churches, guess what? They got along fine and they grew a lot and they didn't have an organ or an orchestra or a choir. So, I'm just saying, it's I love the church because here's what I know. This is what I know to be so true, and I see it week after week after week because music connects with people before I ever get on the stage to teach. Like, the worship has already, like, the, it's just, you feel it. There's times, I mean, I just, I, you just feel that, that, that God is really moving and, and moving in people's hearts. And I know that, trust me, I know that. I, I know that some of you are here and, and you came to our church the first few times because you heard that the band was phenomenal and you were just like preparing yourself to like tolerate that lady preacher for a little bit. I know, I know, it's okay. I'm fine with it, really. Really, I'm fine. <laughs> but I don't, I don't like church because of the music. Oh my goodness let's just worship God let's be in his presence you know another reason people say they don't like the church is they say oh and this is true church people are hypocrites yep welcome to humanity welcome please come in glad you're here find a seat get comfortable like yes of course hypocrisy lives anywhere there is a human being drawing breath into their lungs this is who we are we are people who we we We're not perfect, we sin, we make mistakes, we say one thing and and we mean something and we say something and we, we say don't do that and then we go and do it, I mean this happens. We are, this is humanity, welcome. And I want to point out, however, that there's no doubt that some extreme damage has been done by people who are Christians, who call themselves Christians, who condemn others publicly and with, you know, just great, almost venom, you know, just ugh, and yet privately live filthy lives, like inner filth. And, And so we have to, you know, own that. The church should be a place, though, where transparency, where struggles, where, where failures, where, where successes, where all these things are welcomed and encouraged, and, and where we try to live a life that honors Christ. We're not perfect, but as we make our way closer to Jesus, I believe he starts to do a work in us, and I believe he starts to change us, and I believe that he is the one that will point out the hypocrisy in our lives, and we say, you know what, no, I'm going to align my, my life with what God's word says, and sometimes that's easy to do, and other times it's harder. But but we acknowledge our own hypocrisy instead of going, oh no, the church is just full of hypocrites. No, just let's just take those eyeballs and just turn them this. Uh, we can't do that, but you know what I mean. Look inward. We we are the ones, and let's let's accept this and. And let's be a place where we, you know, we trade in hypocrisy on this journey of faith. We just trade in our hypocrisy and say, you know, no, I'm going to be transparent and vulnerable about this. You know, this is one of the reasons we we talk so much about our community groups and the importance of it because I believe it's in those kinds of settings where you can actually start to go, you know what, I don't want to be a hypocrite and, and, you know, be living a way I shouldn't. So I'm going to be in a community group. I'm going to be with some people where I say, hey, listen, this is something I'm really struggling with and I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to pray for me and, and, and you know, that doesn't happen in a worship setting this, that doesn't happen and you know what I love about the church you know what I love about this church is that you allow me to be a real person as your pastor and you, you allow me in many ways you actually encourage me to, act, to, share, to share my life to share my story you know good, bad, and the ugly with, with you all And in turn, what I would hope is that that kind of gives you license to do the same thing. For us to admit the struggles and the hard places and, and in those community groups, in your conversations that you would say, you know what, it's okay to be real. It's okay to be transparent. It's okay to be vulnerable because this is where Jesus does his best work because see, when we're vulnerable and we're real and we're honest, folks, whether you know it or not, that's an act of surrender. You're surrendering yourself when we do that and, and it allows Jesus to work in us so when we admit that we've got you know serious anger issues and we admit that, that there is stuff going on that, that you know that we're, we're having trouble sleeping because we're so worried about something That when we admit this when we admit that we're you know just struggling like way down with, with you know anxiety and depression that, that we have a place we can say I, would you walk with me I'm hurt I'm hurting we want, this is the place we want to be and, and listen, Forge community, I, we don't expect perfection from anybody here except for Jesus. And, and so, accept that and be okay with that. And yeah, there's times that we're definitely gonna be hypocrites. But I hope on the journey of faith we're moving further and further away from that. Another reason people don't like the church um, is because the church is made up of a bunch of cliques. Oh, that word cliques makes people go, oh, I don't like cliques, oh, cliques. Again, I don't know why I do the voice that way, but uh, Merriam-Webster describes, uh, defines (laughs) cliques as this, a narrow exclusive circle or group of persons especially one held together by common interests, views, or purposes. Now, what I've seen, and I was, I was doing, up, doing some reading on this, some really interesting stuff if you're a nerd and you're preparing to talk about cliques to a group of people, um, is that they'll find that in adolescence, of course, and I think we all have stories of that, of kids who will purposely form a clique, and it might just be for a day, you know, or like recess, you know, but they'll fur- purposely form a clique to leave someone out, you know, and and they'll do that, and and you see that in adolescence, but they say that re- research researchers, sociologists say that. Adults don't really do that. That they don't go around going, "How can we form a group to purposely leave out someone else?" That actually, what happens is, is that as they, as you mature in your faith and, or not your faith, mature in your life, and and you start to have shared interests and your kids in the same age and the neighborhoods and the jobs and the sports and and all these things, all these variables come into play that you naturally gravitate to people who have similar interests and similar connections that you do, and and so. Sometimes we use the word click and we use it in a negative way, but if you notice the second part of, of the definition of the word click, it's it's a group of people held together by common interest, views, or purposes. Is there anything diabolical in there? No. There's this really interesting, um, you know, that I, this theory called the social identity theory, Really, I was like, wow. I mean, it didn't blow my mind with the information, but I was like, yes, that's exactly what happens as soon as I read it. And it says that what happens is that people subconsciously, so without even you really knowing you're doing it, you will walk into a social situation classroom, job, work, grocery store, church, whatever you will walk in and subconsciously you identify yourself either as the in group or the out group before you ever even engage that you identify yourself as either in or out and, and we've done that right and there's times we've said oh I'm in and there's times like oh I'm way out I'm in nope this time I'm out like, and and it's like depending on the circumstance the situation whatever and I was like yes that's exactly what happens and so you know what I would say with that if this if this social identity theory kind of holds weight and it's true is for us to consider how we're going into certain circumstances how we're viewing it and instead of looking at a group of people who obviously have as the definition states common interests, views and purposes and you see that strong bond what you might find especially in the church is that it's very likely that these people have been putting into practice being vulnerable with each other and being honest with each other and being transparent with each other and because of this they formed these really strong bonds and it wasn't a diabolical like let's leave someone out it was wow as I'm on my journey of faith and I'm 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 actually trying to to not be a hypocrite I'm trying to be that new creation I'm trying to live into this that these people are really a part of my life and, and they're holding me accountable and they're praying for me and 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 I, I could call them at any moment. And and I, I would just say that instead of just automatically going, oh, a bunch of clicks. Instead we go, oh maybe maybe this church has a lot of groups in it with really strong bonds. And what I would hope would be the, the case is that we would nurture those and that more and more groups of strong bonds would occur so that people get to experience this and grow in this this is again this is why we talk about community groups so much you know um, we we want this for everyone and what I love about the church what I love about this church is that there's it's obvious that our entire congregation cannot be in a community group first of all it would last for days I mean, we would just we would be there forever, but it, it just it's not possible. It can happen. And so what we want to do then as the church is we want to create opportunities for individuals to find that smaller community where they can build that trust and be transparent and be vulnerable and grow in their faith. This is what we want. So you know, people say, I don't like the church it's full of cliques. Well, let's look at it and say maybe it's filled with people with strong bonds and i want to be part of that too and and instead of saying you know let me in let me in it might be how can i form one but let me say this and and you're going to hear a little bit more about this next week from justin as a group of strong bonded people who have who have grown together and all like that we should always make sure that our eyes are outward make sure your eyes are outward I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to take anything away from what Justin's going to share with you next week. Another reason people don't like the church is they say this the church just wants my money. I'll now have the ushers come down to receive the offering. Just kidding. (laughs) They were like, oh, we got to get up. Listen, you can turn the TV on right now and flip channels, and you will find somebody on TV. Who's doing the church thing and they're wanting your money, and they're saying, If you send in this money, we're going to send you a really big blessing, and the bigger, bigger your money, the bigger the blessing we'll send to you. And, and, and they're promising you that. And, and, and you've, maybe you've been at a church where it seems like they talked about money a lot or where they passed the basket like three or four times. You're like, Really? I don't have any, anything else. You're like taking off your earrings and like, Do you. What I love about um, this church. And, and we've been intentional about this, but I, I want us to always be, is that we don't want something. We do not want something from you. We do not want something from you. We desire something for you. So we're never going to say we need X amount of dollars. We're never going to say... Um, you know, if if you don't sign up to be on a volunteer team, we gotta shut the place down. (laughs) Um, You know, like we're never gonna, we desire something for you, and so you'll hear us talk about serve teams, like, because those of you that are on serve teams, like, you've gotten to know other people, and you get to talk with them, and you get to, you know, find out, and it's, it's really cool to serve. It's great to open the door for people and say, hey, good morning, glad you're here. You know, you find out very quickly that you know the people in your strong bonded group but there are so many others that you can get to know, right? And so, and the same thing with like giving, like we don't say, get, you gotta give, give, give. We say, no, what we believe is that as you are a part of the church, as you witness what God is doing, you you will want to be a part. You will want to share your gifts. You will want to do these things, not because we've asked, but because you you want to, you desire to. And And, and I would just, I wanna say here, Intentionally, thank you for the way that you do choose to, to give faithfully to the church. I don't know if you know this, but I want to tell you because I think it's cool. Um, but because of the faithful giving of our church, first of all, we're able to staff and, and have this, but we've got a phenomenal kids ministry. And uh, some of you got your kids over there right now. And, um, but did you know that we serve dinner to about 40 kids every week? On Wednesday nights and we have porch kids on Wednesdays and they are getting dinner and they're having so much fun we've done this every week since school started you know except for holidays and and they're learning about fear and courage and choices they're learning about the church they're going to be learning about purity coming up they're going to be learning about maturity which I know you're really glad about that one you know like yay um, here's the best part so thank you for being faithful thank you for the way that you are part of this because you are you're part of this. You make this possible. And here's the this that I want to tell you about. 8 kids that we know of have made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ since we've been here as a church. Is that not awesome? I love that. And my sweet Mallory is one of those. You have been here probably and witnessed when we've baptized four of those kids. I mean it's just, it's just great thank you for being part of this thank you for the way that you give to this and you, you support this and you make this possible because my goodness kids making a decision for Jesus how many U-Hauls of baggage would I not have in my life if I had made a decision for Jesus at 8 instead of at 24 <laughs> God has a plan it's cool it's all great thank you Lord drive the U-Hauls away Lord Jesus thank you um. So, I, the church just wants your money? No, we don't. We want to be in ministry. We want to be in, in, in purposeful ministry where we are uh, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, our kids, Pastor Kristen, is doing an amazing job. And that's just one example of that. So, uh, another reason this is the seventh reason that uh, people don't like church. And it's one that's just it, people say that God isn't there got in there well I don't like the church why do I have to go to the church I can go stand on a mountaintop I can go to the river I can go to the beach got in there he's in all those places let me just say this folks God is you're waiting for the next part no God is he is present everywhere he is omnipresent he's everywhere he's omniscient he knows all things I mean, he is there. He is omnipotent. That means he is the most powerful. God is. He is everywhere. So you cannot tell me that God is not present in a building where people come to worship. Is God absent maybe from some people? But God is not present. He is not absent, excuse me, from the church and people can go to church looking for God but have difficulty finding him and I understand that. Some of you might have felt that way before and I get it. But I will, let me say this, but to place an expectation on a worship leader or a pastor or anyone else, you know, a community group leader, anything, to place an expectation on that person to wrap up and present God to you so that you can worship him so that you can recognize his presence is really messed up theology. And you should never expect that from somebody. Now hopefully, as followers of Jesus, whether we're a worship leader or a pastor or a community group leader, we should be sharing Jesus. But to sit back and expect someone to present it to you week after week after week after week, is not what the journey of faith is supposed to look like. We should be coming together to celebrate what God has done in and through us during the week. we should be coming together to, to to mourn together to to praise together to to pray together, to study together. God doesn't show up for worship like he didn't get up this morning and get ready to come to church. He didn't last night go oh, what am I going to wear wear that tie last week like he doesn't God God is here and so when we come together like we turn our hearts to perceive God we say okay God you're here I'm gonna join you and so here's what I love about the church and, and, and I want this to be true of us I believe it is that we don't pretend to invite God to join us we invite you we invite others to join God with us. That's what the church should be, is a place where we say, God is here, and we will worship him. My God is present. You know, leveraging that community influence. My God is real. He is real in my life. This is what he's done. This is how he's working. Would you come with me this week as I celebrate that? That's what the church should be. You know, we love the church (laughs) because it along with Scripture and the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit, this is what God has left for us to work with. I mean, Jesus said, I've got to go, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's actually going to help you to understand these things better, these things that are recorded in our Bibles. And then Jesus established the church, so we have been left with the church and with Scripture and the leading of the Holy Spirit, and folks, that... When those three come together and we are intentional, oh my goodness, this is the purpose. This is is why we are here until Christ returns to call on the name of Jesus, to grow in our faith and to share that with other people. This is why I love the church, whether I'm a paid spokesperson or not. So Porch Community, I would just say to you to keep loving the church, especially when we are when we mess it up. Would you keep loving the church when I mess up, please? And would you keep loving the church when Justin messes up? Would you keep loving the church when your community group leader isn't prepared? Would you keep loving the church when, you know, the parking team didn't wave at you when you pulled in (laughs) or we ran out of donuts would you please love the church when we ran out of donuts would you keep inviting would you keep serving would you keep worshiping would you keep growing together would you keep building these close relationships or would you say you know what I'm going to be intentional about this now because the church is what Jesus established and he's given to us Let's live into that. Let's see what God does with it. And this is this is why I love the church. Would you pray with me? Father, there are so many other reasons that we could have talked about this morning. And, and some of them they come with like this weight of truth because um, the church in history doesn't have the greatest reputation. But as we stated and said we are imperfect people and so God I just pray you would, you would do a work in each of us individually that we would um, we would ask you to reveal the places in our lives the hypocrisy in our lives the places where we where our actions and our words or our actions and our witness don't add up that you would work that in us and God, that we would quit looking outward with judgment. We would quit looking outward with, with um, an assumption of, of being left out. We would quit looking outward and, and, and finding fault with other people, with Christians, with Christian leaders. And we would just say, God, I'm, <laughs> I am in need of, of an infilling of your Holy Spirit today. God, forgive me for judging others. Or would you help me to be a a truth teller, to be an influencer for the gospel of Jesus in every place you send me? God, may I be a, a huge supporter for the church, your church. So that others may know. God we love you. We praise you. We lift our voices now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.